Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses. So any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks and enjoy the show. Chapter 7 For Valor Part 4 and they went forward to meet the old gentleman. Hello, he said, shaking hands with them all in turn. This is a very great pleasure. It was good of you to get out, Bobby said, perspiring and polite. He took her arm and drew her into the waiting room where she and the others had played the advertisement game the day they found the Russian. Phyllis and Peter followed. Well, said the old gentleman, giving Bobby's arm a kind little shake before he let it go. Well, what is it? Oh, please, said Bobby. Yes said the old gentleman. What I mean to say, said Bobby. Well, said the old gentleman. It's all very kind and nice, said she. But, he said. I wish I might say something, she said. Say it, said he. Well then, said Bobby, and out came the story of the Russian who had written the beautiful book about poor people and had been sent to prison and to Siberia for just that. And what we want more than anything in the world is to find his wife and children for him, said Bobby. But we don't know how. But you must be most horribly clever or you wouldn't be a direction of the railway. And if you knew how, and would, we'd rather have that than anything else in the world. We'd go without the watches, even, if you could sell them and find his wife with the money. And the others said so, too, though not with so much enthusiasm. Hmm said the old gentleman, pulling down the white waistcoat that had the big gilt buttons on it. What did you say his name was? Frying Pansky? No, no, said Bobby earnestly. I'll write it down for you. It doesn't really look at all like that, except when you say it. Have you a bit of pencil in the back of an envelope? she asked. The old gentleman got out a gold pencil case and a beautiful, sweet-smelling green Russian leather notebook and opened it at a new page. Here, he said, right here. She wrote down Shechpansky and said, That's how you write it. You call it Shepansky. The old gentleman took out a pair of gold-rimmed spectacles and fit them on his nose. When he had read the name, he looked quite different. That man! Bless my soul, he said. Why, I've read his book. It's translated into every European language. A fine book, a noble book. And so your mother took him in, like the good Samaritan. Well, well, I'll tell you what, youngsters. Your mother must be a very good woman. Well, of course she is, said Phyllis in astonishment. And you're a very good man, said Bobby, very shy but firmly resolved to be polite. You flatter me, said the old gentleman, taking off his hat with a flourish. And now am I to tell you what I think of you? Oh, please don't, said Bobby hastily. Why? asked the old gentleman. I don't. Exactly, no, said Bobby. Only, if it's hard, I don't want you to. And if it's nice, I I'd rather you didn't. The old gentleman laughed. Well then, he said, I'll only just say that I'm very glad you came to me about this. Very glad indeed. And I should be surprised if I found out something very soon. I know a great many Russians in London, and every Russian knows his name. Now tell me all about yourselves. He turned to the others, but there was only one other, and that was Peter. Phyllis had disappeared. Tell me about yourself, said the old gentleman again, 
and quite naturally Peter was stricken dumb. All right, we'll have an examination, said the old gentleman. You two sit on the table, and I'll sit on the bench and ask questions. He did, and out came their names and ages, their father's name and business, how long they had lived at Three Chimneys, and a great deal more. The questions were beginning to turn on a herring and a half for three halfpence, and a pound of lead and a pound of feathers, when the door of the waiting room was kicked open by a boot, and as the boot entered, everyone could see that its lace was coming undone, and in came Phyllis, very slowly and carefully. In one hand she carried a large tin can, and in the other a thick slice of bread and butter. Afternoon tea, she announced proudly, and held the can and the bread and butter out to the old gentleman, who took them and said, Bless my soul. Yes, said Phyllis. It's very thoughtful of you, said the old gentleman, very. But you might have got a cup, said Bobby, and a plate. Perks always drinks out of the can, said Phyllis, flushing red. I think it was very nice of him to give it to me at all, let alone cups and plates, she added. So do I, said the old gentleman, and he drank some of the tea and tasted the bread and butter. And then it was time for the next train, and he got into it with many goodbyes and kind last words. Thanks for joining us today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires and helps keep this show alive and growing. If you can't afford to support us financially, go give us a good review, subscribe or follow, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to fact check us and offer suggestions to make our show better for you. You can also send us an email at lostinrevisionpodcast at gmail.com. There's a lot more waiting for us all at the end of the road.